Did you look at yourself before you came to church tonight? Did you spend any time? Oh, I love doing that. Is that freaking you out? Is that getting in your eyes? Any time in the mirror, uh, please have a look at yourself in the mirror and pass the mirror along the rows. You might have to move a bit, but you need to get round and have a quick look at yourself in the mirror as we start week two of our series on James. I am so, so encouraged in my daily walk with Jesus, in my life full of trials, temptations and troubles, that the Word of God is alive and active, that I can base my walk of faith with Jesus Christ through the Word by the power of the Holy Spirit, that God's Word is there not just to help me in my knowledge, not just to grow my mind, to give me a bigger brain, to give me things that I know about, but instead to reveal truths to my heart and to make a difference to my everyday life. I was not with you last uh, Sunday evening. I heard from Elise how fantastic Joya was on the first part of James chapter one. But I wasn't here because I was getting ready for an interview for a job in Leeds. Now, uh, Carlos and I and the children never expected to go to Leeds, anywhere north of the actual Watford, not even Watford Gap, you know, like Watford, uh, seems like north to us. And uh, in the process of trying to discern and seek the Lord for what he has for us next, we all looked at this parish profile and we all said, we don't want to go there, but doesn't that look like a great church and can't we see things that we could, we could do there and give there? So I sent off an application form thinking, there is no way they're going to shortlist me. It was my wild card. I said to Stephen several times, it's just the wild card. It's just gone. I'm not expecting to hear anything back. And then get, got shortlisted for uh, this rather huge church, basically the HTB of the North. Uh, four people got shortlisted and I was one of them. And... Um, It was the word of God that has kept me sane over the last two weeks because we decided, God, most of all, we want to do your will. And I was reading Leviticus. I'm reading the Bible through the year. I, if anybody else is reading the Bible through the year, I'm on the chronological cover-to-cover version, and I am behind because I am still in Leviticus. So if you are reading the Bible in the year, you won't be in the same place as me if you're on it. Um, But I'm slightly behind. And there was pages and pages of law and you've got to do this and wear that and not this. And it was just so dry. And in the midst of it, there was this obedience is better than sacrifice. And again, obedience is better than sacrifice. So Carlos and I talked, right, we just want to be obedient. If it's Leeds, even though it is cold up north. And we don't really want to go there. And it's a long way from anybody we know. We know literally nobody up there. Uh, we want to be obedient. And the other passage, which I spoke on here probably a couple of months ago, but how the word of God just grabs your heart in every way, was uh, the passage, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And uh, through the process last week and the week before, actually, because I went up for another day, should I keep bending it? Just out of top of it instructions on the microphone. Um, Through the whole process, that verse, so I have obedience is better than sacrifice and trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. It's not about what you think. It's not about your own ways. It's not making your own path. It's trusting in the Lord and leaning on his ways. The word of God. It is not just a book to be read. It is not just as sometimes when you read the Bible in the year, which is trying to get through the verses to get through the day. 
No, it is living and active. And we, uh, at the moment in the evening service, are looking at this book of James. Now, James is a wonderful book, but it's also a pretty serious book. It's like a tougher book. It's got a lot for us to take on board in the book of James. And this passage we're going to look at this evening, James chapter 1, if you want to grab a Bible or you have your phone, we're looking at verses 19 to verses 27. And my heart and my prayer for this evening is this just isn't words, this isn't knowledge tonight. But Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come now and open our hearts and minds to receive whatever it is that you want to say to each and every one of us today? That it would not just inform us in these moments, but that it would impact our day-to-day lives in the days, weeks, and months to come. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, this is what it says. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. It's all becoming clear to you, I can see. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the Word. The Word of God, living and active to transform our day-to-day lives. And here, James is just laying out some of the foundations about the Word of God He's talking to Christians, so we need to remember that. And he's talking to some people that maybe thought they were rather religious. They went to church often. Maybe they took communion. They'd been baptised. Maybe uh, they didn't steal or commit murder uh, or adultery. They thought they were pretty cool. But James cuts through the veneer to the heart. And this first half, what we're going to look at tonight is this. To hear the word without doing it leads to self deception. Have you ever deceived yourself? I know I have. To study the word just to fill our heads with knowledge without applying the word short circuits God's purpose in giving it. So James gives us three warnings about those who hear the word and without doing it. So we're going to have a look at those three warnings. Has the mirror made it to the back yet? Yes, I think there's a yes. Brilliant. Right. Number one, hearers only of the word take a quick glance, but don't do anything to fix what they see. 
James uses this illustration of a man looking in the mirror who rushes out the door and forgets what he saw. Maybe he got a couple of days stubble and he should have had a shave. Maybe, JJ's particularly prone to this, he'd slept in a funny position and there was a bit of hair that was just uh, sticking up in the wrong direction. Maybe he's late for work and he's so consumed by getting to work that he looks in the mirror on his way out but rushes out the door, even though he knows that he needs to do something, he does nothing about it. The mirror shows the problems, but he doesn't take time to fix them. And James says that the word of God is like that mirror. It reveals to us our very thoughts, our heart, our intentions. It shows us our self-centred attitudes, doesn't it? It exposes our pride. It confronts our contempt for others and our lack of real compassion. It hits our sinful anger and our rotten speech. It uncovers our deception, our greed, our lust. But if we just take a quick glance at the word once in a while and rush out the door without doing anything to address the problems that it reveals, it won't do us any good. I was talking to Carlos about this passage in the week, and he reminded me of uh, buying furniture from Ikea. Anybody bought furniture from Ikea? Is there a few of us in the room? Yeah, right. So it's so easy, isn't it? Not to read the instructions, but to get to work putting together this bit of furniture that you have bought. And quite a few times between Carlos and I, we have put together what we have bought, but we have extra parts. Anybody (laughs) had that? There's bits still in the packaging and you're like, where are these meant to go? Oh, you have to take the whole thing apart again because it's just going to fall apart if you don't follow the instructions and use all the pieces of the kit to make the piece of furniture really stand up. The word of God, so, so easy to kind of hear it and think, yeah, yeah, I know what I do, I've got to be good, or I've got to, without really taking it on board, without really letting it touch our hearts, and then it doesn't do what it's there to do. Hearing the word without doing anything about it is like our human default position. If we think back to Adam and Eve, that was their position, wasn't it? When God confronted them in the garden, how quick they were to blame others, to dodge responsibility. How often do we do that also? To be doers of the world, we've got to give it more than just passing attention. It requires our deliberate focus, some tough work, I'm afraid, prayer and the Holy Spirit to apply it personally. So that's warning number one. Warning number two, here is only of the word forget what they heard. The main point of James's illustration about the man and the mirror is that he quickly forgets what he saw in the mirror. The mirror, uh uh-uh, it is not at fault. So you can't blame the mirror, it's not at fault. It tells it like it is. It shows us what we're really like. But the man who takes this quick look and forgets what he saw, he is a forgetful hearer. And so he does nothing about the problems that the mirror reveals. I think James is not describing a man with a poor memory, but rather a man with poor 
priorities. He doesn't remember what he saw in the mirror because he doesn't regard it as really very important. God, heaven, eternal life, all the doctrines of the Bible, they're really interesting and all that, you know, but I've got money to make. I've got a career to follow. I've got all these things I want to do. I've got hobbies and toys to play with on my time off. That is my focus. So he forgets what God's word says about his wrongdoings because really it just isn't all that important in the scheme of things. And the problem of forgetting we can see right through the biblical narrative. In the Old Testament, how often were the people of God asked to remember? Psalm 103.2 warns God's people, don't forget any of God's benefits. It promises that the Lord's loving kindness is on those who remember his precepts and to do them. Psalm 106 verse 7 warns of how our fathers in Egypt did not remember God's abundant kindness. And in verse 13 he states, they quickly forgot his works. He adds, they forgot God their saviour who had done great things in Egypt. But Israel also didn't really have a memory problem. They had a priority problem because God's commandments just weren't that important to them. They had other things more pressing. If you are a parent on this Mother's Day, I have celebrated with my two lovely children. I'm glad they're not here tonight because I'm going to grasp them up as I don't tell them. Uh, So often I say to Amy and JJ, they have a chores chart, they've got chores to do, and I say, all right, go clean your room. Off they go to clean their room. Five minutes go by, ten minutes go by. I think I'll go see how they're getting on. Maybe they need a hand. I pop upstairs and there's JJ and he's playing with his toys. I say, JJ, uh, how's, how's the room down in there? Oh, I forgot, he says. He didn't forget, did he? It just wasn't that important to him to tidy his room. It was much more important to him to play with his toys. Hearers only. They take a quick glance in the mirror of the word of God. But they don't do anything to fix the problem that they reveal. They forget, maybe, what has been revealed to them because other things are just too important. How often do you or I read the word or we're in church and we hear the word and we think, goodness, I need to do something about that in my life. I need to respond. And we just get so absorbed with the other things of our lives that we don't take time to make a difference. We're in this together, guys. But don't we want to respond to God's word? Because it is so powerful. It is living and active. So the third thing that hearers only end up is they end up deceiving themselves. James mentions this twice in verse 22 and again in his illustration in verse 26. If you hear the word often, but do not put it into practice, you delude yourself. Now the solution is not to stop hearing the word often. Let's get that one straight. But rather it is to apply it to the problems in our lives that the word uncovers. We're going to take a look. Let's have the clip up loud because I love this clip. Just let this song wash over you. Let's take a look at the screen. Grooving away because it helps me to remember 
but I want to start with what God is revealing with me. Uh, Yes, I'm here this evening talking to you guys, but I want to respond myself. I want to be somebody who's changed by the Word of God, the living and active Word of God. And I want to make a change with the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. So as you read the Word this week, remember to start with the man or girl in the mirror. Remember to ask God, how can I apply this word to my life? Sometimes we can't always figure that out. If you can't figure it out, don't worry. Keep reading. And when you get to the bit that you can figure it out, apply it to your life. There's a chap called Mark Twain who is reputed to have said, it isn't the parts of the Bible that I can't understand that bother me. It's the parts I do understand. There is so much for us to learn and to grow in when it comes to the Word of God. Come, Holy Spirit. Uh, I said to uh, Nadine just before the service, uh, when I was thinking about this talk and I'd written this talk, I kept on thinking something's missing, something's missing. And um, I've written in letters on every single page in my notes, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, because that was the bit that I hadn't got in my notes. And of course, we cannot respond to the Word of God. We can't even hear the Word of God properly without the Holy Spirit. And so as we read the Word, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to be revealing to our hearts and lives. I don't know about you, but have you ever had a conversation with somebody and you're listening, but you're not really listening? You know, they're talking away and you're standing there, but it's not going in and you can't remember anything. It can be like that if we read the Word without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit enlightening, empowering, putting his finger on something for us that he wants to do in our lives. The other half of this passage is about how what happens when the hearer does do, does apply the word to their lives. And uh, it goes on to give many examples of how hearing the word and doing it leads to blessing. I'm just very quickly going to look at these. Number one, the hearer and the doer looks intently at the word. Have you spent some time meditating on the Word, spending time delving deep into the Word? Not just a quick glance, but really looking at the Word of God. Number two, the hearer and doer applies the Word not just to our outward behaviour, but to the heart. Not just about keeping the law, not just about looking like we're doing the right thing, but having a heart change because of the Word of God applying the word. Jesus says in John 8, 31 and 32, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's about freedom. Jesus gives us through the Holy Spirit when we apply God's word to our hearts and our lives. It gives us freedom. Number three, the hearer and doer continues applying the word. It's not a one-off thing. How often has the Lord prompted us on something in our lives? And then years later, oh my goodness, I am still struggling in that area and we need to apply it again and apply it again. Keep applying the word of God in your life. And number four, the hearer and doer applies the word so that it changes their conduct and character. I love the fact that the Bible talks about 
us changing from one degree of glory to the next. That it's a process. It's a one step at a time process. That none of us are going to change from being who we are now to being Jesus overnight. But that the word of God tells us that there is hope for us to grow more and more like him every day. To become closer to him every day. One step at a time. As we spend time in his word as we're not just hearers, but we're doers, we apply the word and we allow God's word through the power of the Holy Spirit to change our conduct and our character. We are a work in progress. You and I have got a long way to go and yet the word of God, as we look in that mirror, has wants to reveal to you and I things that will set us free. Do you want freedom in your life? Do you want transformation in the love and power of Jesus? If the answer is yes, do not just be a hearer of the word, but be a hearer and a doer of the word of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that challenges us. We thank you, Lord, that although sometimes we find it uncomfortable, oh my goodness, I've got enough going on in my life, that it is a gift, this challenge, because it is about your revelation to our hearts and minds of who we are and of who you're calling us to be. It's about your revelation to touch our hearts and lives, to live lives of freedom, not of burden. It's about your revelation that cuts through the outward appearance and gets right to the heart. And so this evening, as your people in this place, once again, we want to say, Holy Spirit, flood our hearts and lives with your presence and your power. In these moments and as we share communion together, as your word is revealed, maybe some of the things in our lives that aren't right, that we want to get right with you and then take the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ who died to set us free. Come, Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray that you just help us to get that tune maybe in our head or to get this verse in our head this week. And we thank you that it's not just a burden, it's not just a duty, it's not something else to do, but reading your word and allowing it to impact our lives is about surrender to you. It's about living life to the full. It's about not doing it on our own, but doing it in your love and power and strength. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and help us to be doers of your word, to listen intently to your word and allow it to make a change in our lives. We pray for your glory. Amen.